The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. With the bottom falling out on construction, and we're looking for ways to raise money. And one of those ways, we came across uh, Tim Draper, who is a huge Bitcoin fan, but he's also an entrepreneur, and he's got lots of other businesses he runs. And he runs a TV show called Meet the Drapers. And it's like a mini shark tank. You you know pitch in front of his entire company and his, uh, his family. And then the other piece that you pitch right. into is a crowdfund. And so through that, we were able to raise $100,000, came in second place, um, and that kind of kicked us off. Well, fast forward just a few months later, we had the, we were on our third try to get into Y Combinator. It's the largest startup incubator in the globe. People just wait to find out who's going to be part of it. Well, we finally got into Y Combinator, and it was an amazing experience uh, for us. And out of that, when you're done with the program, it's intense. You're there every day. It's um, so it's really good it, for it's any startup. California, you the information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hi, I'm April Moss, and I'm the COO and Chief Customer Officer at DigiBuild. We're a Y Combinator-backed software company doing bidding order tracking uh, for all the supplies and materials for construction. All right, April Moss from DigiBuild. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know we had some technical issues there, so hopefully we resolved them. Um, you should have a red light in the corner of your screen, do you? I sure do. <laughs> We're ready to roll. All right, so... Yeah. So let's talk about, well, first talk about what DigiBuild is and a little bit about your background. Oh, you froze up there. 
All right. There you are. You're back. Yep. It'll keep recording. Okay. Are you there? Yeah. You froze for a minute. So I wasn't sure. Oh, no. Just keep talking. It'll okay, pick it up great. later. Yep. So okay. just uh, April Moss, uh, CEO and Chief Customer Officer at DigiBuild. Um, we build software that does the bidding and tracking and ordering of all the supply materials that go to the construction site. And uh, just a little bit about my background. I worked 21 years at Procter & Gamble, product supply, logistics, and sales and operations. And uh, my last position was running North America operations for their second largest customer team. I've done a little bit in and construction. We- oh, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, keep going. No, you keep going. You're the guest. Yeah, I was just going to say I've got a little bit in real estate. I worked for Construction Specifications Institute, and my dad was in construction when I was younger. So, you know, construction has been around me for some time, but uh, most of my experience has been working with the largest CPG companies in the globe. Right. And you you were saying we were talking off the mic, um, Rob, who's the CEO I guess I, mean, I don't know if it was your partner technically or whatever, but you guys met, knew each other from Procter & Gamble, right? That's correct. He worked for me and fast forward a few years later, said, hey, you know, he knew that I loved new business development. That was kind of my specialty. I was, I was nicknamed the bulldog at P&G just because I'd try to get anything done that we could do. And so uh, always had right. that fascination for a startup. And so Rob came and yeah. spoke with me and here we are. We're building a construction software company. Right. So, so Rob saw, cause you said his family was in construction. He saw the lack of technology and the use of technology in the construction industry. Yes, he did. Yep. Right. And that's yeah, correct. Right. And, you know, he was into crypto and other things and he saw blockchain as being one of the key use cases to bring all these different uh, parties together and to be able to drive that transparency right. that doesn't belong right now in the industry. Yeah, I mean the 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 construction industry is just a bifurcated business. There's you know there's, there's the people at the top, which are you know major construction companies doing whatever they do. I'm sure they have their own proprietary systems. What maybe they use your systems in some cases, but there's a lot of local people on both the commercial and the residential side that are you know just clawing their way through. I don't know, getting sheetrock delivered and two by fours, and you know getting workers and the whole thing. So I think. Uh, we were talking before that project management has to be a challenge for the average general contractor. I mean, I know a few guys that are really not builders, they're contractors and they know how to do the whole thing or whatever, but very few of them really know about project management, certainly not on the corporate level and be able to manage that type of system. That's correct. And we, we're like an extension of their team. Um, project managers love us because we provide the visibility. We provide them multiple bids. Um, you know, we saved one company $600,000 on one project, about 600 hours in um, project manager, you know, manpower and labor on that. So they, they really look at us as a value add. And then on our back end, we also have a construction manage, procurement manager that's an expert in the industry that if there's anything within our system as we're doing the 
the bidding order and tracking of those supplies. If there's anything out there that looks, you know, off, we'll get, we'll actually call the suppliers and the manufacturers and we put it right in our system. So 24 seven, anybody that's related to the project or has um, uh, permissions to be part of the software can see what's happening. So if you think about a large developer who has no visibility, what the subcontractors are doing, you know, what the project managers doing, the, co- the contractors to have visibility 24 seven, to be able to get on there and just understand what's happening, I think is almost peace of mind uh, for most of these large developers. Yeah, absolutely. And and you have built a database of suppliers. So the contractor may not have to go out and spend all of his time or maybe his staff's time contacting yep. all these suppliers and submitting all these bids. It's all, all, all an automatic, but you automated the process. Yes, and we'll work with people's suppliers, but we always provide additional bids. Our, we are the global, um, we have the biggest database in the globe on suppliers, and now we're building out um, a sustainable suppliers network, which is is really massive, and that's been a huge request with all the infrastructure money that's out there. So we, we have an entire sustainability mission statement. We're working on building that out um, globally. And so like all the certifications, mm-hmm. all, all of the stuff that someone would need to be considered sustainable, we can do that for them, a construction company, by just using our software because we're sustainable, we're changing, digitizing construction, and by using our supplier network, but not only talks about sustainability and has all those lead certifications, yeah. but also we're identifying yeah. a minority-owned companies within that system. Got it, got it, got it. Well, I would think that... In, and we were saying this before, that in an industry that really needs to come forward 10 or 20 years with technology mm-hmm. and stuff, I interviewed a gentleman who's got a family business in, I don't know, Minnesota or something. They build, they build apartments. They, you know, they put up apartment buildings and they manage residential housing and stuff like that. And he came on board to basically figure a way to make, you know, using technology to make apartments less expensive so they can lower the rent so people can actually afford to... Now, of course, I pointed out he's in Minnesota. He's not in New York or San Francisco. Um, but the concept's the same. It's just the, the metrics mm. are different, you know? So I think it's uh, I think it's a challenge. Now, you, um, we started talking also about your company and how you guys get started. Obviously, Rob saw an opportunity, and he was looking at it, and then you start. But you guys went through the Y Combinator program and some other programs you told me about. So maybe we can talk about yeah. that because I think there are companies out there that are like, oh, I need to raise money or whatever. And they don't really understand much about it. So we, we had the app, we'd started off uh, kicking off our program by doing a project management software that competed with Procore. And then we pivoted in October of 2019, where we partnered with IBM, who um, our software is built on Hyperledger Fabric. At that summit of bringing all these construction folks into the, the picture, we decided, um, you know, to pivot with these construction companies and focus on uh, supply chain because it was absolutely broken. Fast forward a few months, you know, October or January. January 2020. And what do we have? We have COVID. So it only made it worse. Right. And so we were looking at ways yeah. to with with the bottom falling out on construction and we we're looking for ways to raise money. And one of those ways we came across uh, Tim Draper, who is a huge Bitcoin fan, but he's also an entrepreneur and he's got lots of other businesses he runs and he runs a TV show called Meet the Drapers. And it's like a mini shark tank. You, you know, pitch in front of his entire company and his uh, his family 
family. And then the other piece that you pitch right. into is a crowd fund. And so through that, we were able right. to raise $100,000, came in second place, um, and that kind of kicked us off. Well, fast forward just a few months later, we had the, we were on our third try to get into Y Combinator. It's the largest startup incubator in the globe. People just wait to find out who's going to be part of it. Well, we finally got into Y Combinator, and it was an amazing experience uh, for us. And out of that, when you're done with the program, it's intense. You're there every day. It's um, so it's really good it, for it's any startup. California, you go there. It is. You're going it was in California, right? Yeah. They usually do like a three-month program, but because of COVID, this was all virtual. So it was a little bit different. It was the first time they'd ever done that. Okay. Um, so, but you were, it was intense because you had to be online all the time, you know, Zoom. So it was oh, like, uh, I'd rather have been in person, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that dynamic you're missing. Yes, absolutely. And stuff like that. But right. coming out of that, so, they have so, um, of investors, right, that you pitch for after coming out of that. Yeah, that so, was question. Yeah, right. yeah, so it was great. So it's like you go through the program, and then there's a giant shark tank at the end where you yes. meet investors and pitch them and so forth. And, you, and then so you could go through Y Combinator and not necessarily get funded, right? Absolutely. A lot of companies that go through Y Combinator don't. I, I don't remember what the percentage was, but it's it's pretty low. And um, so – but you have that opportunity to go do it. And a lot of the investors they have are series A and beyond. They do have a group of, um, you know, pre-seed that we've pitched to, but what it did do, it gave us that um, media outreach and outlook that we were able to go after a lot of uh, family offices, a lot of individuals. Uh And what's really exciting for us is that a lot of our investors uh, came from the industry. So uh, Ralph and Tracy, who sold PlanGrid to Autodesk, they're advisors, and they also invested us. We've got several uh, billion-dollar construction companies that have invested in us. Harvard invested in us in their areas. So we've got Cathis and Vetchers, Bluefield Capital, all these companies that are somehow linked to construction. Really, most of them um, yeah. are from the industry, which is, is sweet. It's, it's a, a sweet spot because now we've got this right. community that's helping each other out, right? Right, right, exactly, and having input. Mm-hmm. And ne- now that's because you were a Y Combinator company. Those opened those doors and gave you credibility, I guess? It did. It gave us credibility, but um, really a lot of exposure from social media. When they launch and you release that you've been part of Y Combinator, all of a sudden you're on everybody's radar, right? Right, um, right. So you want to talk to you. Well, there must be a reason you got into Y Combinator, <clears throat> right. Yeah. And then you get to get out there in your, you know, panels, podcast. I mean, all that took off. And there's one thing our CEO is really good at. If you Google them, we we just did a CNBC special uh, down in, uh, you know, Florida with Trump Jewels and Aqualina Resorts and the build out of that. So it's been very exciting. We do a lot of TV and and it's just um, it's just what we're really we, we I think we have I think Rob now alone on his uh, LinkedIn has more followers than Built World's. Okay. <laughs> I think at some point you got to get permission to increase the number of your followers you have, I think, on LinkedIn. Yes. There's some cap on it for some reason. I don't know why. Um, or connections or something like that. Mm-hmm. So for those people listening, the Y Combinator program, is it a program where you are uh, writing a business plan and working out your kinks? Are you doing software development? I mean, what, what are you doing in the whole? And how long is the program? Yeah, it's a three-month program, and you're just learning to really hone in on your messaging, what you do, the the elevator pitch, the the investor deck, 
um, just helping you to understand how to work as a company and function with, um, you know, founders and co-founders and the struggles that you'll go through, you know, as you're trying to build out a company and to make it successful. Um, so there's just a lot of coaching and one-on-one time that you get to have with Y Combinator. Um, we, we, like our branding, we are already, uh, one of the biggest feedback is that we, you know, I've got a friend of mine that I've worked with for years at Procter and Gamble and other companies who helped build our branding and marketing and our logo. So by the time we got right. to uh, Y Combinator, we had a lot of that figured out. So we kind of went into it a little ahead of the game and just built on it from there. Uh, we're, we've got yeah, a big so Y a Combinator event. Yeah, they don't. They don't yeah. have that type of thing. So. So it's really good yeah. from a standpoint of they even give you pitch decks it was really cool as you got to work with. Uh, we got to um, listen to an interview with the Airbnb owners. And that was when COVID happened. Uh, and sure. boy, that was absolutely fascinating story of how they came back and literally crawled their way back and were in their pajamas for three months and calling every one of their customers and clients. And so those types of inspirational things and what they did and what they learned um, from that, you know, just really helpful. But we, we've got a big Y Combinator event we're doing down in Miami uh, with about 30, 40, um, you know, tech companies, uh, some of the biggest influencers down in that wow. area. That's where our office is located down at Brickell in Miami. So really excited about launching that uh, coming up in the next uh, next month. So that's like a, I wouldn't say family reunion, but it's a, it's a, it's an event for people that have graduated yeah. from Y Combinator, got program sharing ideas. You must have speakers, right? Different that those types of things? Yeah, it's more of a networking and how we can help each other out. It's very exclusive. Um, you know, so we're taking the different people from Y Combinator that are in our field and we can partner with and collaborate and just uh, and then taking people from the tech world down there. Um, hopefully we'll get some uh, we've got some exposure down there with even some of the the, uh, you know, governments down there who are incredibly supportive of tech. Um, the Miami mayor down there is just really, really been supportive of us. So we're really headed into, you know, taking this to a new level. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. 
They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts, as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Okay, so um, I th- and we started talking about this before, too, about the, the common problems, um, I'm sure a lot of which your software addresses, yeah. that entrepreneurs in the construction space, business owners, let's call them. I don't know if they consider themselves entrepreneurs. I probably don't even feel that way uh, in construction, <laughs> um, but they are. You know, what kind of, yeah, what kind of things you see are common, you know, I don't know if they're mistakes or pain points or whatever. We did talk about project management. That's a huge one because that's what Digibel yeah. does. Um, yeah. That it, projects just spin out of control all the time. They don't yeah. know why yeah. and what's going on. But I was wondering what your opinion was on that. Yeah. So the biggest pain point that why projects are um, over budget and late is supply chain. So that's the that's where we're honing in on that. And project managers have absolutely no time to manage all that. They'll have right. three or four people working for them. So the biggest pain point is just trying to manage all those moving pieces with it. And we take about 30 to 40 percent of all that administrative burden off of their plate. We've seen it up to 60 percent, depending on the company and how they're structured. So um it is a it's a massive benefit, but also just even trying to find project managers that are experienced. It's very difficult to do that. Right. So when you have a new project manager who's trying to go build the business, plus manage the projects, plus manage the procurement piece, we're a big value add to those companies um, and helping that procurement man that uh, project manager um, you know, be successful by providing our service, which is pretty much your, your leg and arm of procurement, right? So we have a, we do have a procurement manager, white glove service. So there's also that human connection, which is really important in this industry. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would guess that every time I get a call from somebody about a contractor who hasn't called them back, who hasn't, we haven't heard from in six months, it's probably a management issue. They can't get the supplies they have. They're running around, trying to do yeah. everything themselves with their small staff and they can't even get back to people. And it's a common, and that's probably what's going on, even though the customer mm-hmm. doesn't really know that. They don't want them to know that. Exactly. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. Get people on. Yeah. Um, what, um, what would you say are your challenges when it comes to um, the business? Um, our industry. challenges, I think, are really, let me plug in my computer here real quick. <laughs> um, I think our biggest challenge is um, helping to have a low friction way of people to be able to get into our system. Like they're so busy right now that it's very difficult for them even to just get on the platform and put some basic initial information in there. And so that's why we right. we have provided this white glove services that we work with them. And if we can get them, you know, onboarded in an easy way, um, we find that they're, they're very successful um, after that. So that, I know it sounds very simple, but people are just so busy that even getting on board right. onto a software 
And then the other piece is that there's so many softwares out there, right? And, you know, you think about Procore and Procore is integrated with everybody in the world. We're integrated with Procore and Sage and QuickBooks and some of those other ones. But, you know, when you're in Procore, you got to get out of one program and into another. And then you've got to train your entire organization onto it. So they can utilize us as an add-on. You know, they can integrate. We're integrated with Procore, QuickBooks, or we're a standalone. So we've made this offering where we're integrated, but we can also be utilized as a standalone. And I think that option um, has really helped us, um, you know, get more customers. And then the other thing that we do is some people are kind of like, well, do you really do that? Can you really save me that money? It almost feels way too good to be true. We do a project snapshot, which is an easy way for people to, you know, we say, hey, give us a project, give give us your takeoffs, and we'll take that information and we'll go do a project snapshot for you just to show you what will save you. And that has been really, um, really a big tool that we've utilized to get people on the platform because they immediately see the value of it. It's a no brainer. Of course, absolutely. Well, I think that if more construction people wrote a business plan, like when they're getting started and say, this is what I want to do. These are going to be my challenges. This is how I'm going to manage things and did a little bit of research. They would find you maybe competitors yes. too, but they would find you yeah. and see that there are tools out there to run your business properly from the beginning, as yeah. opposed to waiting till, you know, the world's on fire and they're lucky enough to meet you. Is it, is it difficult to take over um, a company? So, so if a company, a construction company comes on board, they must have ongoing projects, right? Oh yeah. So no, really it's really simple. Take over the no, we, we've is? actually, um, like in life sciences, for instance, so we work in life sciences, biotech, all that stuff. We work in commercial, we work in um, across uh, hospitality. Um, so we, uh-huh. we, our services can divide it up. So some companies just want us to go do all the bidding for them, right? Someone us to do the bidding and ordering. And depending on what they're trying to track, we might track some of it. But it, like in life sciences, we just pick up the order. Uh, we pick it up after things have been ordered. Because life sciences, there might be two people in the entire globe that make, you know, one or two things. So it's not about the procuring of the products. It's more about tracking right. because not that's a long product. process. Yep. So we'll send a notification to their suppliers and say, hey, here's an RFID tag. We're going to track it. We're now taking over the tracking of this. And the same thing, they get on the system. So um, we're pretty flexible with any with any industry of uh, being able to use our product in the beginning of a phase, at the end of the phase, even pre-construction, we're working with architects and engineers and they love it because we can go and get this bids and get all this information in advance, especially as it comes to um, working in like um, sustainability, right? They want to find out what are those sustainable yeah. products to be able to, to um, you know, be able to tap into some of those infrastructure monies or, or solar panels or whatever it is. I mean, they love our product because they can do that in advance. Right. And it's easier with bidding and cost uh, analysis and, you know, doing quotes for people and stuff like that. So is the software in different modules or it's just that you can kind of enter at any point and use it in any way? Yeah, you can enter at any point, use it in any way, and we'll have a cross structure. We'll customize. We do a lot of customization um, for companies to make sure that you know, it it benefits them. And typically what we'll do is we'll just take a certain percent, depending on the project size, a certain percent of the materials procured. We also have a a model where they pay a certain 
you know, amount a month for so many seats. So we're incredibly flexible with how we run our mm-hmm. um, systems. Even, even like our, um, you know, procurement takeoff, we'll, you know, our snapshot that I talked about earlier, we'll tell them, hey, we'll take 10% yeah. of what we save you. You take 90% for this first thing. Just give us the bid of what you got. We save you money. We make money. If we don't, then we don't make anything. Oh, well, that's a fair offer. Absolutely. They love yeah, it. Try things. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just to get them to try it. Because they got no risk. Yeah, there's no risk. It gets them to try it. It's an easy way. And and there's there has not been one company to date that hasn't done that, that hasn't come on board. So we make it very easy right. and painless to get a project snapshot and be able to show them the value of it. That's the whole idea, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how many competitors do you have how many how many other software products are there out there or software systems that allow for this yeah. type of management that do with procurement very few our, our top um, competitor kojo um, is out there and they mostly focus on uh, procurement for the electrical industry right electricians and stuff so but they're a great use case for us um, you know it's kind of like we really in this industry right now when there's so few softwares and so many few successes in it um, if you think about, yeah. um, in my old world at Procter and Gamble, how many shampoos are out there, right? How many bar soaps are out there? How right. many detergents, right? So yeah. to, to us right now, it's all tides rise together. We really don't look at anybody's competition. We look at it as, Hey, they're paving the way, but there's only really two right. companies out there right now that are even competing in our space. And they're all a little bit different. Like th- some of them are just strictly focused on subcontractors or a particular industry yeah. for us, we're working with, um, um, we're working holistically with the developers, with the general contractors, product project owners, right? Um, anybody that wants to come into the ecosystem, there's some benefit for them to be in it. So we're pretty broad. We're uh, across all industries within construction. We consume all of it. Um, and because of our, you know, the supplier database we have, we've absolutely gone global um, with this. There's some news we'll announce coming up soon, but it looks like we might be in a couple other countries as well. So is and your then the last thing is, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Last thing. Yeah. Last so thing. We, we, we partnered with the Eastern European Institute for Trade. Um, and part of that uh, deal is working with embassies across the globe here in the U.S. and mm-hmm. really building out that sustainability message track. We'll be going to D.C. and doing a couple press club pieces there. And we're hopefully going to be on a couple sustainability advisory positions within um, congressional uh, panels that they have out there on sustainability within construction. So is that what your, what's the word, business development, marketing approaches right now? It's just, it, the focus is on sustainability. I mean, you got to niche at some point, right? You got to focus on one uh, and you could do business with everybody, but your marketing's got to be focused. So is that kind of where it's focused right now? Right now, it's just on the broken the, the broken supply chain <laughs> process. I mean, right. that's yeah. you know, it, it's a it's a bonus. The reason why we're building out the sustainability is our customers are asking. When you think about the infrastructure bills coming down, all that all that that's yeah. happening there. You think about what's happening in the Eastern Bloc with everything with Ukraine and the rebuild of Ukraine. We're going to be yeah. first to market to be part of be part of all of that. And we're, we're laying the pavement to say now of uh, getting there, but right now it's just helping people with procurement, which is, 
in itself alone is just massive. And it doesn't matter if it's sustainability or not sustainability. We're just hearing our customers and what they're asking for and what they need. And that's one aspect that they have. Yeah, yeah. No, my my son actually is uh, in tech. He graduated last year and he's a programmer, developer, and he's working now for a company that their software system manages supply chains. I don't think it's specific to any industry and it's programmable, just like Salesforce, whatever they go in and they customize it and they do, you know, but it's managed global supply chains. I thought that was a pretty good place for him to be right now, given the fact yeah, that's that the, cool. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't think people realize coming into the pandemic, how dependent we are on global supply chains. Mm-hmm. You know, you just take it for granted that everything kind of shows up because we're in America, right. And everything's yeah. a supermarket, but then it all broke yeah. down and we didn't, you know, didn't see it. Um, I, I had a question for you though. You mentioned about um, use case, you know, given your competitor or whatever. I, I think it's an interesting point because, you know, you get people that are growing into, into, into an industry or starting a business. They go, well, we really don't have any competition. That's not always good. Like there might be a reason mm-hmm. that other people haven't gone into that business. See, there's not a demand. It's hard to go into. You, you need to have a certain kind of skill. So I think when there are other competitors, it does give you an opportunity to take a step back and say, hey, what are they doing? What did they fail at? You know, and, uh, and if there is a marketplace, yeah. you know, I'm sure Procter & Gamble doesn't want to say, oh, we're the only bar of soap in, in the world. They'd be, yep. they'd be think people aren't using soap, you know. <laughs> so um, I, I guess that's helpful when it comes. I guess it's I always wondered, though, I'll, I'll throw something out there. That's for, I think it was the statistic, statistic was that 96 percent of the um ninety six percent of the population uses toilet paper, so I've always wondered what are the other <laughs> percent. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. so funny. well, there's somewhere always, where they yeah. can't get toilet paper. Maybe yeah, there's a yeah, exactly. A, that's pretty funny. That's a lot of people, though. Four percent of the world's population. Yeah, I think it was that. It could have been ninety eight, but it was still enough that you're like, what? <laughs> right. There's funny mm-hmm. things like that in in the world. There's um looking at the other day with uh, when you talk about sustainability and and environment uh there's some uh, i forget which car company but they have a partial zero emission like standard or something how can you be partial zero anything you know but it's based on some carb standard in california but yeah it's pretty funny to think about that Mm -hmm. stuff but yeah statistics are funny all right so um tell me if people want to first of all if they're in construction obviously they can do a search look up digibuild and connect with you guys um, how else can they learn about your story? If somebody says, oh, I'm an entrepreneur in tech and I want to learn about Y Combinator, what what should they do there? Is there a way to connect with you and learn yeah, from you on just, LinkedIn or something? Just send an e- LinkedIn for sure, or they can send something to info at DigiBuild and I'll get their information there. Yeah, we'll um, we definitely, the yeah, we definitely uh, talk with a lot of entrepreneurs and we like to partner with people. So if there's uh, something, you know, in sustainability, especially if you're a supplier out there and yeah. want to be part of our network, we don't charge anything for our suppliers. They get free, they get free access onto our system. They can upload their catalog. They can put all their credentials in there. So um, I went to New York build and talked to a hundred suppliers myself and uh, yeah. all of them were like, it's free. Well, what's the catch? They want to know right. what, what's the catch. And it's like, it's not, this is a benefit to our customers and it's also a benefit to you. We want to build this ecosystem. So um, we're, we can look low, you know, when we get a project and they ask us to look for suppliers, again, we'll work with their suppliers. 
We'll look local, but we'll also look globally if needed. We'll just keep expanding. And so, um, you know, if you're a supplier out there, it just doesn't have to be U.S. based. We're looking for suppliers in Latin America. We're looking, we've got some really great suppliers over in Turkey. I mean, Spain, anywhere. You know, we met with Porcelanosa at the London Build, you know, and have a great relationship there. So there's a lot of great things that we can do locally and globally. April, how big is the uh, how big is the company? How many employees you got, ha- uh, guys? Uh, oh gosh, maybe we got fifteen right now. I think fifteen. Yep, we just hired a couple so salespeople. Every- <laughs> a lot of people work remotely. Or yes, everybody's remote. Okay, everybody's remote. So you might have a salesperson in Europe, right? That goes and sees well, we're we're building out our European. Um, you know, uh, Eastern European, uh, team out there because we're software, it's going to be easy to do, but we're going to partner with some of the colleges over there. And then we work with emancipate, Mm -hmm. which is a nonprofit organization that, uh, uses trafficked women and abused women from around the globe. They put them embassy row, puts them through college. And so we're partnering with them, finding people in the construction. And so, um, you know, that's a really great story too. They work with a lot of children. There's a new trade mission that just launched working with, um, it's called, I think it's called gen therapies, but it's, um, for, you know, anyone with cancer and therapies that they're using gene therapy to use with sure. uh, children. So yeah, we're partnering with some of these organizations globally that are going to get us into um, all those markets. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, April, I can't thank you enough. I apologize profusely over the technical difficulties we had this morning. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, let's stay in touch. I want to watch you guys grow and see as the construction industry changes like it should change. But uh, I can't thank you enough yeah. for joining me this morning. I'd love to talk to your son about supply chain. Always looking to, to learn something new. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at the Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.